You've tuned into His Name Ministries Podcast. And we're hooking up ourselves with the word that the Lord spoke to her about the election. I think this was in 2008. The Lord spoke to her and said this, one thing will save America and the world, and it's not an election. How many know that's true? It is an awakening to God. So that's why we're here. That's why we have this California prayer meeting twice a month. We are calling forth. We are praying for God to touch California and touch America, even around the world, like never before. And we will not be stopped. So Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your anointing, for your presence, Father, your sweet, sweet presence, more, more, more. The anointing of God going across the airways, touching people's hearts, Father, empowering your sons and daughters in this hour like never before. And we give you, God, all the glory, all the praise as we worship you, as we put our eyes on you. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, Father, that will destroy every yoke, every bondage. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah, Father, we just worship you. We just thank you for your goodness. All those here, let's just all stand. We're just going to spend this time in worship. Oh, Father, we just worship you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And those watching online, just allow your heart to be open. Just allow the presence of God to flow in your room, in your house, wherever you are watching. Oh, Father, we just worship you. We just praise you. And all the saints and angels.
We just worship you, Father. We just worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you, Jesus. Just allow your heart to be open tonight. Just allow him to speak to you. Father, we just worship you. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. That's been on my heart all week. That he is so worthy. He's worthy of it all. It's all about him. It's all about him. We just love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. And worthy of all the praise we can never bring.
more, 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 more. Lord, I thank you, Father, for more, for more. Step in a little deeper than you have before. Step in that river, step in that flow a little deeper than you have before. There's so much more in store, but step out. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We step out for more, more, more. We want more over and above our expectation, over and above our mindset, over and above. We step in that flow, that Holy Spirit flow, that last day anointing flow. We don't want to go against the flow. We don't want to hinder the flow. We don't want to be off to the side of the flow, but we want to be in the middle of it. More, 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 more. It might not be comfortable with your mind or uh, what you're used to, but just step out into the flow, into that river that God has called you to do. So, Lord, we thank you for more, more, more. Nothing will shake us. I hear the Lord saying, nothing will shake you. Nothing will move you. No death in your family will shake you. No death in your family is going to move you. Coronavirus is not going to shake you. It's not going to move you. It is defeated. The blood of Jesus is greater than any virus, than any plague. More powerful. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your anointing. That river, Father, Holy Spirit, to flow, to flow, to move, to move. In this hour, tonight, like never before. We're not here just to be here. We're not just here just to have a service, to have it online, just to be playing games. It's all about you, Lord. Fresh touch, a fresh Filling, a, 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 a infilling, a refill, a pit stop, Holy Spirit pit stop. <laughs> Joy like never before. Joy like never before. The hour, this is the hour of power. God is calling you, a, a great commissioning. He's commissioning all of us to step out. Hallelujah. You be bold with people, he'll be bold through you. You step out in faith. Hallelujah. David had his time on this earth. Abraham had his time on this earth. Joseph had his time on this earth. But it's our time. Hebrews chapter 12, great cloud of witnesses. Loved ones that, we, that we've known that have gone on to heaven. They're not just sitting there playing the harp in a, in a holy days. No, they're watching us. They're saying, hey, girl, hey, son, there's not much time left. Keep going. Keep being in faith. Keep praying. Go to that prayer meeting. Keep telling people about Jesus. I know there's some things going against you, but don't get discouraged. Be encouraged. Get in the word of God. You're about to be up here soon. We're going to be here with eternity with each other. This moment on earth is such a short moment. You're going to be here soon. We're going to be dancing on the streets of, of gold. And we're going to be seeing Jesus all the time and the prophets and hear the stories. But right now, I want to use you to reach people. Tell them about me. Show them your my love. Let my love flow through you. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we thank you for that. 
We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your anointing, your presence that's already here. In Jesus' name, Lord, let them not hear my words. Let them hear your words. It's no accident you're here. It's no accident you're watching online. This is a God divine appointment. This is a moed in your life. This is a appointed time. Appointed time. So Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God's so good. Amen. People all around the world tuning in. It's a very powerful thing. Hallelujah. Powerful. I want to I wanna share, I feel led of the Lord. My, my dear friend, Pastor Joseph's here. He's going to share. But before he shares, I want to share a couple things. Uh, I want to tell you about a, one night uh, living, at the time we were living in Hollywood, California. And we were going out that next morning on a ministry trip. We were going to Oklahoma to preach at a church service and then also to at a, at a church service, of course, preaching at a service, but then also holding a young adult meeting, a summer camp revival. How I many you know when you preach to young adults, you better come with something? You can't be up there faking it. You can't be expecting them to say, hallelujah, amen, preach it. And I, and I really seek God. I'm like, God, I need your power. Holy Spirit, I need your power. I, I need you to touch those kids. Because in the, in the daytime, those, those kids, they go off and they go play paintball. They go swimming every day. They, they come in and they are exhausted. They are so tired. So, I, I, Lord, you've got to touch these people. You've got to touch these young adults. And he does every time. So many testimonies. One time I was preaching. Uh, I'm talking and there's these girls on the front row and they're laughing uncontrollably. They're just laughing. And I'm like, do I look funny? What's going on? My mind's thinking this, but I knew I was checking my spirit. I'm like, this is God. So I asked them, I said, why are you laughing? And they said, we don't know. I said, when's the last time you've laughed? They said, when we were five years old, they were 15. They shared their testimony. They said, we grew up, we had a mom and dad, but things happened. And that weren't right and they took us away from our mom and dad and put us in foster care. So ever since they took us away and put us in foster care, now us being 15, we've never laughed in 10 years. And they said, it just feels good. <laughs> what Holy Spirit touching the, those young girls, laughing. Another, another amazing testimony of a, a young boy there, 15 years old, not saved didn't want to be there. He was he forced to come. His father just passed away a few months before. He was living with his grandmother. And I shared a story about how the Lord spoke to me one time and said, Brandon, I'm not just your spiritual father, but I'm also your earthly father. And there was a time where I shaved and I didn't know how to shave, but I did pretty good. And the Lord said, I taught you how to shave and you didn't even know it unconscious leading of the spirit. There's things that you do you're led, and you're led by God and you don't even realize it. 
He said, I led you, Brandon, to shape. I taught you to shape. Because naturally, you have that, that picture of a father and a son. And he's saying, son, put the cream on, do this. But the Lord was saying, I was there with you. And I taught you how to shape. So I shared that story. Here's that young guy. He gets saved that night. That very day, he shaved by himself. He said, I wish my dad was here to help me shave. And I share that testimony. God, this, young, this tough kid, his grandma gave the testimony the next day. He's been singing songs in our house, worship psalms to the Lord ever since. That's our God. So I was preparing. I was up one night in Hollywood. And I'm getting ready for, to go to Oklahoma. And I'm, I'm preparing and I'm listening to a message. I'm listening to a, a guy preaching and he's a, he's a missionary mighty man of God. God's used him to, to raise people up from the dead and miracles. And I'm just listening to him. I'm getting encouraged. And he's sharing his story of him in Mexico and how he almost got uh, killed, but God intervened on his behalf and, and helped him. And I'm just listening to it. And I hear the Lord speak to me so clear. It was an audible voice. I heard this, Brandon, you are a missionary to California. When I heard that, I felt peace. I felt joy. I felt settled. I even woke up Destiny. She was asleep. I said, Destiny, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm a missionary to California. She goes, amen. She went back to sleep. How many of you know missionary is not even in the Bible? The word missionary, it's apostle, a sent one. That's what a missionary is. You're sent to a land. So wherever you're living at, you're not just there just to be taken up space. You are sent to your specific region, to your specific city. There's a difference between being sent and going somewhere. And I know right now, wherever you're listening to, the Lord is saying he has sent you for that city for such a time as this. That's encouraging. I got encouraged. I'm not just in California just to be here away from my family. No, I'm sit here. I'm a missionary to California. Holy Spirit, use me, flow through me. And wherever God has sent you, he'll provide for you. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. He just wants your yes. He just wants you to step out and have that mindset. I am sent by God. He said, Brandon, I've sent you. You're a missionary to California and I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. It's been supernatural. But let me tell you, when the, when the Lord gives you a word, the enemy will always try to stop it. He'll try to get you discouraged. He'll try to make you think, well, I'm not sure if that was God, but he's a liar. That very next morning, we're on the way to the airport. My friend calls me, the church I'm about to go preach at in Oklahoma. He calls me. He said, Brandon, I've been praying. I've been praying about this service, about you being here. And I've been praying in the spirit. And here's what the Lord wants me to tell you, son. When you're here, I want you to talk about California. I want you to tell these people in Oklahoma, I want you to share with them about California and why you're there. Because the Lord has told me you are a missionary to California. I said, the Lord told me that last night. He said, that's the Holy Spirit confirming it to you right now. Missionary to California. I went to Oklahoma. I shared with them. 
the Lord, how the Lord has me here, how I went out in faith and what God's doing. Powerful time. But like I said, the enemy will try to stop what God has called you to do. The words of the Lord, the prophecies that have been spoken over your life, you have to use those words and you have to use them against the enemy. When he tries to discourage you, when he tries to stop you, when he, try, when he tries to make you second guess what God has called you to do. And I had a time. Destiny and I, we were, we were on the road and her and I were talking. And I said, Destiny, I don't know about California. I don't know why we're there. We, we travel from there, but we don't have a meeting. I don't feel led of the Lord to have a meeting there. Why am I in California? I could have so much more if I was living somewhere else. And we we're just talking and she's like, yeah, we just got to pray. We got to pray and seek direction what God has called us to do and where to be. And I knew it was California. And Destiny always tells me this. She said, Brandon, you can, be where, you can be in the middle of nowhere, but if God has not called you to be there, you will not be blessed. So we were talking for a couple of days. I don't know about this California thing. I don't see it naturally. The enemy trying to second guess that word, Brandon, you're a missionary to California. I have called you. I have sent you there. My mind couldn't grasp it. I don't, I don't see how. But the Lord put it on our hearts, both of us. He said, I'm going to confirm it to you again. I said, do you, do you get that, Destiny? She goes, yeah, I, I sense that. The Lord's going to confirm it, you being called to California again in a supernatural way. And I had people tell me that God's going to confirm it to you about California again. So the day goes by, we go to a prayer meeting in Missouri. We go to this prayer meeting. I'm sitting there in the front row. They ask people, where are you guys from? Half the crowd was from California. Live there. They live in California. They're there at this prayer meeting. I was like, I don't want to hear about California. That's what I was thinking. So the person's speaking, and they said, Brandon, God's called you to California. Why don't you come up here and share? So I got up there. I start talking about California. I start tell them I'm a missionary, you know, I start telling that story. God called me to be a missionary to California. And I said this, and I said, I know the enemy has sent me to California. And when I said that, I couldn't, I stopped talking. I couldn't talk anymore. I said, I know God has sent me to California. And I go, and I was frozen. I, I, I froze. Once I said that, God has sent me to California. I couldn't talk anymore. And they all got around me and they all started praying for me. What? God confirmed it. He was saying, you know what? The last words out of your mouth is going to be this. I, God has called, has sent me to California. And then I looked crazy, but I didn't care. Holy Spirit was so on me. I couldn't even move. I literally, I was walking and I was like frozen like this. Supernatural, he confirmed it. Son, I have sent you to California. And it's to be that point of contact. For us to make a stand, to pray for California, all across the US, the world. Over 8,000 people yesterday, last night watching. People right now, you're watching. We're making a stand for California. 
There's a lot of bad seeds about California, a lot of negativity, but we're making a stand and we're putting ourselves in agreement with the, with the prayers that have already been prayed for for California, with the William Seymour praying here, the mighty Azusa Street of revival here, Amy Simple McPherson. It's no accident. Where the fires of the Lord fell last, they're gonna fall first. It's happening. He's commissioning all of us. So we're hooking ourselves up with those prayers that have been prayed forth. And we're saying, we're not gonna let it go. We're not gonna quit. We're not gonna get discouraged. We're gonna say, yes, I believe those prayers William Seymour prayed. I believe Azusa Street, how it, the message went out about the power of praying in tongues. It is no accident. And where the, the church evades, the enemy invades, and the church has evaded California. They've evaded Hollywood and the enemy said good and he invaded it. And now it's known to produce all this most perverse darkness and craziness, but we are going to get California back. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit. I hear the Lord saying this, this is not a battle that you're gonna have to fight. He's gonna do it, but he's calling us. He's commissioning us. Hallelujah, revival. How many know, you hear people all the time praying for revival, but how many know before you can pray for revival, you need to be experiencing revival yourself? How are you gonna pray for something when you're not even experiencing it? How are you gonna pray for God to, to shake the city and, and touch your, your, your place of business and your, the schools and you hear those stories, and you're praying for all that, but you're not even on fire yourself. A personal revival. He's calling all of us to, he wants us to be a personal revival where we're so on fire for God. And out of that, we can believe God to touch our cities. We can believe God to touch California. Instead of being in one leg in the world and one leg in church, no, we're on fire for Jesus. And we're, we're on, we have a revival that's happening in our life, a personal revival. And we're saying, God, touch California with your power. God, touch America and the world with your power. When the presence of God comes, when the anointing of God comes, you don't even need a preacher. I love that. Preachers, get away. Go sit in your little preaching section. I got this. <laughs> I love that. It's not about your cute little message. It's about him. Him flowing through you. Touching people. How, you know, when Jesus on the mountain alone being with his father, he wasn't preparing a next message. He was having that intimacy with his father. What can I preach to them tomorrow? No, he's spending time with his father all night long. And you see him coming down from the mountaintop full of power, overflow. What you do in secret will bleed out in public. You want God to use you in public? You want God to use you? What are you doing in your secret time when no one's watching? Hallelujah. Move of God. You know, you don't need preachers. The anointing of God, the presence of God comes. P 
people will cry out. People will run and give their lives to God. I, 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 I've been around powerful men and women of God that are not just talking it, they're walking it. And I walk, I walk by them and I say, whoa, Jesus, what is that? It's the power of God. One time I went to help a guest minister one time put a microphone on. How many know when you put a microphone on, you had to get all close and personal? I was so nervous. I didn't know what to do. But I was like, I'm going to act like I know what I'm going to do, what I'm doing. So I, I walk in. I knock on the door. I open it. He's praying in the spirit. And I, and I go by him, and I'm trying to do the microphone. I'm doing a terrible job. But I felt electricity coming off of him. What? The anointing? of God. How many know about the, the Wells revival that happened in Wells? The anointing of God was so strong. The presence of God was so strong. It shook that whole city. The mines, it was a big mining uh, city. The mines had to close down. You know why? Because all the guys there were giving their lives to God, repenting. They weren't cussing anymore. And the donkeys they used to work the mines, they didn't understand anything but cuss words. So the donkeys couldn't operate. Even the donkeys got touch. Even the donkeys got a, a fresh touch from God. They didn't know anything but cuss words. The bars closed. No one wanted to go to the bars. People that would try to drink, the, they would be frozen to the to the bar there. They couldn't even drink. The power of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God. Sailors out in the sea, they're just having a good time, cussing, acting all worldly. They get close to wells and the anointing of God, the presence of God crashed in on them. They dropped to their knees. They would send a little telegram saying, uh, send us a minister. We need to get saved. The anointing of God. It wasn't an evangelist talking to him. It wasn't a pastor saying, son, give that up. Son, you don't need to be doing that. It was the anointing of God, and they were crying out. That's what the anointing of God will do. That's what's going to touch California and America. The anointing and the presence of God. God touching every heart. That revival was in the middle of an election. They had to delay the election because no one was interested in voting. Hallelujah. The Lord used a young man, Evan Roberts, sold out to God, had a hunger in his heart. He wanted to be effective. He wanted God to use him. That's all. He spent hours a day reading the word, praying all night. God used him. The Lord said, I want you to uh, start this revive. I want you to start these meetings. He didn't want to. He kept delaying it. He was finally in a service and he had a vision. And the Lord said, start a meeting. And he said, I, I, he couldn't see anything, but until he said yes, when he said yes, that it went away, that vision, he could see normal. So he started it. The power of God, the presence of God came in in that place touched the whole entire world. That's what's happening now. Hallelujah. More and more and more. Touch people watching online. The power of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God to flow. Hallelujah. He's calling you. Holy Spirit's calling you. There are no favorites, but there are people that obey God, that step out in faith, that separate time for him. He wants your time. You, you sing that song, he's worthy of it all, he's worthy of it all. Is he worthy of your time?
you spending time with him? Is he worthy of you losing a couple hours of sleep every once in a while? You don't think Jesus was tired when he would go out all night long? But he's saying, God, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. His disciples fell asleep on him. He says, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. What's he referring to? Is he talking about lust or talking about this? No, he's talking about you sleeping. That's your flesh. He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. If he wants to wake you up in the middle of the night, let him wake you up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Spirit will. I've had it happen a few minutes, so many times and I go right back to sleep. I said, Lord, please forgive me. Give me another chance. He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. He wants to pray through you, praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. In this prayer meeting, the Lord showed me he's going to bring people to impart. My friend, Pastor Joseph Harris, he's going to get up here and share. Amazing man of God. Pastor, apostle, sent one. Hallelujah. God's used him in so many different realms. I've known him a long time. He's known me before I was ever a preacher. He could tell you stories. I wasn't always like this. He knows how I was before. But God got a hold of my life. Hallelujah. Amazing accomplishments. I was thinking about how the Lord used you in cooking. But you know what the Lord told me? That's nothing. That's, that's just nothing. Hallelujah. He was on a, he can, if he wants to, he can share more of the details later, but he was on a cooking show, very well-known show. We were watching it. And they said this about him. They said, Joseph is so different. They said, they were like amazed how his walk with the Lord was. That's what really stuck out to me, Joseph. Wasn't you making all that food, but they saw something. They said, he's the real deal. These, are, these guys are not saved. They're not on fire for God, but they, not a bit, Joseph said. You talk about worldly, they're worldly. Extremely. But they saw something. How many of you know you, it's not just you being anointed to be a preacher, but everywhere you go, you can pump gas and be anointed. Hallelujah. You can go get a coffee and be like, I'm anointed. Him right there, him doing the cooking show on national TV, he was there as an anointed minister of God. And they took knowledge of that. So Joseph, just be led. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just put our eyes on Jesus for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this ability and this time to come and to love on you and to worship you, Father. And Lord, we echo just what Brandon and, and exactly what Destiny was singing. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy, Father. Come on, just let's just let's do what Romans 12 says. Let's 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 just yield ourselves to God as an act of worship. As an act of worship, we present ourselves to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, an act of worship the amplified Bible says. We yield ourselves to you, Jesus. We yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. We yield ourselves to you, Father, the worthy one, to the one who's worthy, to the one who's worthy, to the one, like Revelation says, that's worthy, that's able to take the scroll 
and to open it. The worthy one, the worthy one, the worthy one. We yield ourselves to you. This first and first and foremost, above anything else, Father, we present ourselves to you. We present our mouths to you tonight to pray the way that you would have us to pray, to say the things that you would have us to say, Father, to do the things that you would have us to do because we're so in love with you, Jesus. We're so in love with you. We're so in love with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I, um, don't take it lightly. You know, um, being here, it's an honor and I give God praise for it. I'm so thankful to God for Brandon and Destiny. And he's right. I've known him for forever and a day. And um, so close to him and his family. And, um, you know, he says he hasn't always been this way, but to me he has. He's always had a heart that's tender towards God and toward the things of God. And, you know, oftentimes when, um, even if we don't choose to live out our lives in that way, as far as devotion is concerned, God's love and his purposes for us never change. And he was still inviting Brandon, even in those seasons, into himself. And I don't know who that's for, but let that be an encouragement. You know, if someone who's watching and you're praying for your son or daughter, and you might feel that they're far off from the Lord, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel because God is able not just to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, but it goes beyond what we think sometimes. God's invitation is working even when we don't think it's working. God's invitation to love drawing men and women and sons and daughters back home to him, it's always, always working. And I pray that that encourages you. But tonight I felt in my heart just to um, share these couple of scriptures. He literally gave me just three scriptures. And I would love for us to look at that tonight. Um, let me just pull it up here. Praise you, Jesus. God for technology. Hallelujah. <laughs> I downloaded this before I got here and now all of a sudden it's not downloaded. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Must mean we're on the right track. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Okay, here we go. Thank God for a hot spot. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, but this afternoon, I didn't even know like what the Lord wanted or anything like that. And I knew last night I wasn't supposed to share anything, um, but just to pray and, you know, sow seed. And then to this afternoon, when I got back to the hotel, I had a great morning and afternoon with Brandon and Destiny. And when I got back to the hotel, three scriptures came up in my heart. And the first one was Galatians chapter six, uh, Galatians six, verse nine. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The Amplified Bible says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we don't give in. And the Lord began to magnify the, for the first part of that scripture to me, that many had grown weary. 
many people, as far as prayer is concerned, you know, sometimes we pray about things and we pray about things and we pray about things and we're praying about things. We're praying about things, even in regards to America right now. There's so many people around the world, uh, uh, and not just in America, but in the body of Christ in general that have been praying about this thing and are praying about it. But some, I felt in my heart that some have been shifted towards growing weary. You know, when the battle gets tough and, you know, like you watch a movie and you see people fighting and the good is prevailing and then it seems like the enemy comes out of nowhere and just starts, you know, killing people or wounding people. And it's like, oh gosh, maybe they're not going to win. And it almost seems sometimes they'll show characters, depending on the movie, like the ones that were strong have become weak. But then they get this like second win, they call it, right? And the Lord began to just show me that there were people who might be watching tonight, maybe even some in this room. I kept feeling like many have grown weary of waging war to win the spiritual battle concerning our nation and concerning specifically California. And literally this happens as a result of us taking our eyes off Jesus, If we keep our eyes on Jesus, the one who is worthy, I'm telling you, that was just so God (laughs) that you sang that tonight, Destiny. Because when we keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and what? Finisher of our faith, we are able to receive what he's already accomplished. And we're able to see things from his perspective. I don't see California from my perspective tonight. I don't see this election from my perspective tonight. Come on, somebody. I don't see what's going on in America right now from my perspective tonight. I see it from the perspective of the one who's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I see it from the perspective of the one. The Bible says that he sits in the heavens and he laughs at his enemies. Why? Because he knows the end. Notice what the psalmist said in in, uh, Psalm 63, I believe or maybe uh, I can't remember which psalm address it is but he said I would have fainted right he, he felt so bad about uh, uh, he said I looked at the wicked and he didn't understand why they began to prosper and why all of these things were happening he said but I didn't understand their end until I came into the sanctuary of the Lord When we come into the sanctuary of the Lord, when we come into the presence of God, when we put our eyes on Jesus, guess what? Our perspective changes, and not only does our perspective change, but our prayers change because we see the end from the beginning. We see, we pray from the promise being fulfilled, not it becoming fulfilled. Does that make sense? We pray, our faith is to pray knowing that it's already been done. And the Lord just began to show me that tonight. That was the first scripture, that not to lose hope and that God wants to get us over to a place of awareness that we actually have the victory when we pray for America tonight, when we pray for California. And even those that are watching all over the world, you have the victory already right now. And I know it's just, it might seem cliche to say that, but I'm telling you that's coming from the mouth of our father, that we already have the victory right now right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, how do we not grow weary? 
How do we keep ourselves from growing weary? Of course, we keep our eyes on Jesus, but this is another practical way. Scripture number two, Luke chapter 21, verse 14 through 19. It says, settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth of wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to naysay nor resist. Come on, this is for somebody. And you shall be betrayed by both parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall, shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated by all men. But there shall not a hair on your head perish. In your patience, possess your souls. The Lord began to show me that tonight, that the answer to growing weary is to put our eyes on Jesus. The practical application of when we put our eyes on Jesus, we possess our soul in patience. God wants us to possess our souls in patience. What does that mean? Possess our mind, will, and emotions in the first thing that love is. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. Therefore, when I act in patience, I'm acting in God. I'm acting in the first thing that God is, which is patient. In patience, I possess my soul, knowing that he's already given me the victory. You know, Brother Hagen, I thought about that. Brother Hagen used to say, if you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. And I believe that, like, don't grow weary in regards to what is being said right now. Uh, we were at lunch today, and I didn't even realize that news, I don't know how it happened, but news stories just started popping up on my phone, and it was getting so bad. I'm like, this is depressing. Why are all these news stories coming up? Then when I got back to the hotel, I just deleted the app that it was coming from, but... I'm like, man, shut off any voice that, that denies what God is saying. Shut off every voice that denies what God has already spoken to you about your son or your daughter. Cut off every voice that says something different or opposite of what God has said concerning our nation and concerning California. If it's not, not just faith, but I mean, it is going to be faith because the Bible says that faith not only comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, but faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now faith means now word. What is God saying right now? And I can hold on to what God is saying right now and pray that out into existence knowing that he's going to fulfill it. He's going to bring it to pass. And in patience, I will possess what it is that he's showing me. And it comes from cutting off every other voice. The third scripture that he gave me was Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 18. I'm just going to read that in the uh, New King James translation. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. We'll read these last two scriptures and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. It's a prayer meeting. Amen. <laughs> so we came to pray, right? Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8 and uh, Mimi, uh, I call her Mimi, but you would know her as Miss Billy, um, uh, Dr. Billy Brim. She was reading from this last night, and the Lord began to just show me this, 
uh, uh, as we read this here. Verse 18, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. How was Paul able to make that statement? He possessed his soul. He put his eyes on Jesus. He didn't grow weary in regards to what? The sufferings of this present time. And I feel like that that's a prophetic word for not just us in this room, but maybe for the body of Christ. That's waging war, like the Bible says, to speak the truth and declare what God is saying and what God is wanting to release in this time. Do not consider this suffering of this present time. Uh, uh, you are not, are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed, to the fulfillment of what God has actually said concerning our nation. You know, uh, uh, Dr. Billy Brims uh, prophesied this in 2008 that, um, um, uh, uh, that an election would not save America but that an awakening to God would save America. And I honestly believe that's what's going on right now. I said that last night. God spoke to me a couple of uh, weeks ago. It was the night before the election. And he showed me that this is the last great and final awakening that's coming. And he showed me that prayer is preparation to manifest this revival, to manifest this awakening to come. And we have the ability to partner with God and say what he's saying pray what he wants us to pray right now or we can do what this says we can get caught up in the suffering of this present time and you might be thinking oh suffering suffering I don't do anything with suffering the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered and that's something scripturally that I think sometimes especially in our circles we we, we don't like to focus on but there is such a thing if you study it out about how we are called to bear our own burden, our cross, bear, bear, the, bear the cross like Jesus bared. And what does that mean? I am going to stand firm on what God has spoken to me until I see it come to pass. Jesus said for the joy that was set before him, he did what? He endured the cross. It doesn't say he endured uh, uh, laughter. It doesn't say he endured happiness and joy. It said he endured suffering in joy, knowing that he would possess what God had already told him he was going to possess. He did it with you and me in mind. And what if Jesus decided to give up in the midst of suffering? What if Jesus decided to grow weary? And we see in the Bible that he, he did. He had a moment of humanity. The Bible says that when he was in the garden, that the enemy came and he tried to, to, tried to tempt him. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me. Let it pass from me. But in the same breath, he said, nevertheless, God, may your will be done. Nevertheless, God, may your will be done. What was he doing? Jesus was saying, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. America is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. California is waiting for the sons of God 
God to be revealed. I feel like Canada, maybe there's people watching in Canada. Guess what? There are people in Canada that are waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. New Zealand, there are people waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Why? Because when the sons of God revealed, therefore there's glory revealed. When the glory is revealed, that means the presence of God is revealed. Every single thing that God is, is wrapped in his presence. And when he is revealed, when his glory is revealed, change begins to happen. Things begin to take place. But we can't give up in the midst of suffering. We can't throw in the towel in the midst of this present time. Because it's working, this expectation for the glory that's going to be revealed. And you know, the Lord began to show me in this as I was reading this. He showed me that in order for the, this, I, I wrote it this way. The revealing of the sons of God will come as a result of us being led by the spirit of God to manifest his glory on the earth. Where do we see that? Verse 14, if you look up a couple verses before. For as many as are led by the spirit, they are what? The sons of God. Who's waiting for the sons of God? The world. The earth is waiting for the sons of God. But in order to be identified as a son of God, this says I have to be led by the spirit of God. The world is not just waiting for an opportunity for you to manifest you. The world is waiting for the opportunity for God to manifest himself through us. And that begins with us being led by the spirit. We have to be led by the spirit. And if you study that out, it actually means mature ones. When it talks about sons of God, the, uh, I believe it's the Greek, the translation means mature ones. And the way that we become mature is by being led by the Spirit, is by being obedient. Just like Brandon said, when he tells us to pray, we get up and pray. When he tells us to, okay, go over here, say this, love on this person, do this to that one. Guess what? That's being led by the Spirit of God. And of course, we feed ourselves with the word of God so that our ears are open to hear from the spirit of God what he's saying now. And through that, we step out by faith and we act in what he's telling us to do. Preparation to this is being led by the spirit of God, specifically in prayer. And, you know, I'll say this and then we'll pray. When, uh, when the elections actually took place, I... You know, like probably many of us, God had already spoken to me about some things and he's speaking to me about some things that are going on in our nation right now. And I saw, of course, what was going on with the rest of the world. And I began to get discouraged. Just being honest, I began to not only get discouraged, but a little bit fearful because I was telling Brandon today, I'm like, how is it that God would speak to thousands of prophets? And I'm not talking about just thousands of prophetic people that, you know, hey, I hear God and, you know, shake and, whoa, you know, a couple of times. And I'm talking about people that are accountable in the prophetic. The Bible says that you know a prophet by what they say if it comes to pass. And I'm talking about proven prophetic voices. And I'm like, Lord, how is it that you spoke this to all of these prophets at the same time and they all got it wrong? Like something's not right here. Something's just not right. Sometimes we just got to let the elevator go to the top of our head, right? You know, like I just kept thinking, I was like, God, but if it's wrong, I'm like, the enemy will come in and try and mock the prophets. 
He'll try and mock the prophetic to the point where people won't be able to trust in the prophetic anymore or trust God through when he speaks through the mouths of prophets. And I thought about that and I was discouraged about these things and it just kept going, going, going. But I realized I had to get out of the suffering. I had to get out of despair. And the way that I did that was by going into the presence of God. I began to worship Jesus. I began to worship. I, I mean, I was there for maybe four hours. I just worshiped and worshiped and worshiped and worshiped until I heard God. And I, I'll never forget I was worshiping and he gave me the answer. And he spoke to me as I was worshiping and I only heard what Psalms 24 says. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. We know that's Jesus. But as I worshiped and got out of the suffering and the despair, God began to show me, put your eyes on the king of glory. And then I, he took me to that scripture in Psalms 24. You should probably read it um, when you go home or whenever. Those of you who are watching, read it later. But Psalms 24, he began to speak to me piece by piece, verse by verse. Psalms 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and that he has founded it. The Lord began to show me. He said, Joseph, I own the world. I own every single person in the world. So stop trying to strive to get to a place that I already own. America is not yours, it's mine. Your nation is not yours, it's mine. And you know the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but uh, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's and uh, the earth he's given to the children of men. It says both of those things. Why does it say that? To contradict each other? No. The earth is the Lord's because he's given it to us to give back to him. God's given it to us so that we can manifest and portray heaven on earth. And the Lord began to show me verse by verse the earth is his and the fullness thereof the people are his and the fullness thereof and then you know the next verse after that it says who shall ascend into the holy hill of zion him with clean hands and a pure heart and he began to speak to me that through the blood of jesus in this time we have the ability to ascend to the holy hill of zion to declare what the what the psalmist ended up declaring what did he declare Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the king of glory shall come in. And he began to show me that gates and doors uh, are tied to nations and people and that we have the ability to change and partner with heaven. What manifests through these gates and through these doors? All of that came literally from worshiping, just from putting my eyes on Jesus. And I got so excited. Things began to change. And every now and again, when, you know, the enemy tries to come back and sneak a couple of things like today, when the news stories kept coming up, guess what? I shut it all down. I shut it all down because I want to hear what God is saying. I want to know what God is saying. And I want to pray from this place of knowing that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. I feel like for somebody who's watching tonight, 
you, you have a wayward son or daughter and the suffering has, you've been suffering for a long time. But God says, guess what? The glory is about to be revealed. I said, the glory is about to be revealed. I don't know who this is. I feel like I keep seeing like this tug of war, this, this struggle with between heaven and hell. Like I see the enemy's uh, hand on, your, I feel like it's your son, but whoever it is, it could be a son or a daughter. But I feel like I see his hand uh, 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 trying to pull him over into darkness, fully over into darkness. But then on the other side, I see the light. I see the hand of light uh, pulling him over back into the light. And I see the promises of God being fulfilled concerning that child's life. And it will come as a result of this scripture, not being caught up, not, not being uh, discouraged and not growing weary in well-doing, getting caught up in the suffering, but knowing that the glory of the Lord is about to be revealed. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and if it's okay, we could start to pray uh, about this. And I felt like to, 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 to pray from this place, we're going to pray um, uh, standing on the word, right? Because it's important to have something to stand on when we pray. Hallelujah. So that we can receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that your word says, this is the victory that overcometh the world. Our faith, our faith in God has the ability to overcome the world. Our faith in God has the ability to overcome and thwart every plan of the enemy and every plan of darkness. And we stand firm in this place, Father, being seated at the right hand of the throne of God, ruling and reigning with you, Jesus. We're praying from this place tonight. We're praying, Father, like your word says in Colossians, seated from this place knowing that we have died and our life is now hid with Christ in God therefore we seek those things that are above and not those things that are on the earth father we pray from this place in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 father where you said to but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ so father we pray from this place of victory knowing that the battle is all already won knowing father that you've already spoken through the mouth of your prophets you've spoken through the mouth father of Jesus Christ the head of the church beginning there what you've declared over America what you've declared over California what you've declared over the United States of America we declare what you're saying we declare what you're saying we declare what you're saying and we release the words of heaven right now we release the sound of heaven right now we release father what you're saying and what you're declaring what your decision is concerning America what your decision is through this election come on let's just pray in the spirit right here and the dope sita afastante. 
Even from the White House, I know, Lord, a direct shift, Father Messiah, a change even concerning that area, Father. Let there be a noticeable sign, even in the natural, a noticeable sign, even in the natural concerning that father concerning that thing I know Lord concerning just a couple more minutes everyone father it's being removed now in the name of Jesus every single one is being loosed right now in the name of Jesus every single 
one that's trying to stand in that place of authority, but that's working a spirit of witchcraft. It's being removed tonight. Now, in the name of Jesus, the blood is against you. I said the blood is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. The name is against you. The name is against you. We release the sound of the name of Jesus. We release the sound of the name of Jesus. Those giants that have been there, we declare are falling right now in the name of Jesus. Those giants that have been there, those satanic assignments, are being abolished right now in the name of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is being raised. The standard of the blood of Jesus is being raised, is being declared, is being won. We thank you, Father. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory. Thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we as the body of Christ are steadfast. We are immovable. We are always abounding in the work of the Lord concerning our nation and concerning the state of California, knowing that our labor is not in vain but it, will, it shall produce fruit. We pray from this place of victory and we declare that the battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many, how many received that word from the Lord? You know, I had this thought. You know why the enemy hates speaking in tongues so much? Because he doesn't know what you're saying. It drives him crazy. And you're not speaking in tongues for yourself to hear. You're speaking unto God. Mysteries. Paul, the great apostle Paul, said, I think God I speak in tongues more than you all. God used him to almost write two-thirds of the New Testament. The revelation knowledge that comes from you praying in the Spirit. And in Jude, verse 22, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, in the last days, there's going to be people that are going to be led by their senses. What they see, what they hear, what makes them feel good. How many, how many know there's going to be times where you don't feel so good? But what do you do in that moment? Are you looking for feelings? No, you keep trusting God. You keep praying. You keep believing. But how do you overcome that? It says, in the last days, there'll be people led by their senses. Flesh. Flesh ruled. It says this, you combat it by praying in the Holy Spirit. And it also says, contend for the faith. Yes. Contend for, that's what we're doing. We're contending for California. Right. We're contending for America. Yes. We're contending for the world. And how are we gonna do it? How are we doing? How are we doing it? By praying right. in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Things happened, amen. Just watch. Just watch of the impact from this 
night. Hallelujah. We'll get offline here, but you don't have to stop praying. You can pray all night. You can pray tomorrow. Hallelujah. More, more, more. In Jesus' name. We thank you for tonight. People watching the prayers, the rising of the prayer force that's rising up. Hallelujah. We won't get discouraged. I saw Joseph get discouraged when he checked his phone today at that coffee shop. I saw it. I said, who I thought someone texted him a bad text. He looked. He's like, why am I getting this? It's saying so-and-so has this, so-and-so, all this crazy stuff. He's like, why do I got this? Just the enemy. But what do you do in those situations? What do you do when you face that? Do you get, let that bother you? Do you keep reading, get sad? No, you pray. That's what we did tonight. We don't see California the way other people see California. We see California the way God sees California. And God says, I've called California. I'm using California. I've called America. America was founded and was dedicated to me. And I will not forget it. When the pilgrims came, they came. What did they do? The first thing, they dedicated this place to the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why the enemy is after America. But guess what? Us prayers are here and we're making the stand. My grandmother said people in, in uh, Australia are, pr are praying. People in, uh, what other country did she say? Was she, they were praying. Indonesia, they're praying for America. Hallelujah. Naturally speaking, fashion in California, whatever's going on in California and New York, but California, whatever is going on here, you'll see it in Missouri. You'll see it in the South and Midwest about two years later. And I believe God's going to do that, not just physically, but spiritually. It's going to start, something's going to hit California and it's going to bleed all across America. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not because we're sitting here watching the news, but it's us making a difference and us praying like never before. Amen. You may be seated. I want to give a quick opportunity to sow into California. And that's what you're doing. It's a very strategic thing. When you sow, when you give your, your finances, your, your time, you do it with a purpose. And you know, how many know I shared last night, God does, he never forgets sown seed. He never forgets about a seed that you have sown. It might look, it might be look little in your eyes, but it's not little to God. What about the, the lady that gave the two mites? Jesus said, she gave more than you all. Why? She gave everything. God never forgets his own seed. I shared about how I, I, I was believing God for a watch and I sowed two watches and the Lord woke me up and said, you sowed seven watches and he showed me how I'd given watches away. But here's the, the main part of that message. He said this, Brandon, I never forget a seed sown. I want to share a quick story and we'll, we'll get off here, but I, I was, my heart, I was getting on fire for God. My life was changing and I was going to church all the time. This is before destiny, BD, okay, before destiny. I was going to church all the time and I was driving an hour away just to go to church and I was so excited. And one night in particular, it was a Wednesday night and the Lord put it on my heart to sow a significant seed. 
The church I was going to had thousands of members, but the Lord said, Brandon, I want you to sow a seed, a big seed for me. So I got my little car. I'm starting to drive. I'm, I'm about to make a le- take a left to go onto the highway. The light turns green. I hit the gas pedal. My car makes a sound. Ba-boom! It's not moving. Where I'm from, where I live, it's Branson. It's a tourist city. Thousands of people. It was tourist season. They were all honking at me. And I'm like, guys, I can't move. My car, I think, blew up right now. I have this money in my pocket. I was like, God, you know what I was doing. I was going to church. I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden, the cops came behind me. They said, what is going on? They said, you got to get this car out of here. I said, I don't know what to do. He goes, well, it's going to cost $165 to tow this car. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I, I called my mom. How do you know a good son just calls, calls her mom? Mama. Mom. Uh, okay, we'll be right there. Her and my stepfather. I was so embarrassed at the scene that I saw. I'm sitting there, my car broken down. At the time, my mom and my stepfather, they were remodeling their restroom. And they were taking everything, the old toilet, the old walls, the floor, and they were piling it on their truck. The very top of the truck was a toilet. You could see it plain as day. So I'm sitting there, the cop's like, where are they at? I was like, my parent, my family's coming. Where are they at? And I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, I see something. I see this truck pulling up. And I'm talking, there's literally like hundreds of people. It's packed, traffic, people are honking. I see this truck coming, the cops are clearing the way for it. And it's this truck with a toilet on top. And my, my stepfather gets out in his cowboy boots. He throws a strap to me, he goes, strap her up. Let's go, let's get out of here. I was like, how do you strap her up? He's like, are you kidding me? So he strapped it up. He's like, just steer. And he, we take off and we're pulled out of there. And we went home, dropped the car off. Guess what? I got in another car. I went to church late and I sowed that seed the Lord spoke to me to do. I didn't let it stop me. I didn't let it hinder me. The offering was already taken up. They had a little spot in the back for offering.